Yeah, we should be productive. We should talk okay. about things. Okay. Also, I just realized we never actually put up anywhere that we were taking a break from posting stuff. Mm-hmm. Oopsies. I should put it on TikTok. I, yeah. I figured it didn't. I don't think our Facebook or the Instagram, like, it's No, but that busy. just means, so, like, like, we just stopped doing it last right. week, and then people are going to be like, the fuck? And then I'm like, well. It's okay. There's nothing today either, right? No. Okay. Not at all. Well, then today, yeah, post a TikTok. Yeah. I'll post one today and it'll be legit because it'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot last week and then today is the day it's supposed to happen again and it's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen. So, oh look, Jack's back. Jack's back. Is he just going to lay in the grass? No. He's going to be old man? Going to go back to exploring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Okay, well this is beta dog training and we're here to provide such useful and wonderful this information. This is beta dog training? This is beta dog tra- No, fuck. <laughs> I've been doing seminars all week where I just yell. You at no point are like, this is beta dog training. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what? At the, in the bite ones. Oh, for bite prevention, yes. I always, my intro is always Yes, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, sorry, I've just done four in a row with a different one. Okay. Right, who are we? This is make it weird. There you go. This is make it weird. And we're here to provide such useful and wonderful information. Mostly. Okay. What are we going to talk about, Sienna? See? It's hard. Now I put you on the spot. You just put me on the spot like three times. When? You asked me who I was. And I had to figure out that I wasn't beta dog training today. Right. That wasn't really putting you on the spot. That was correcting you. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about self-rewarding behaviors. Lovely. I like self-rewarding behaviors because no one seems to understand them. You like them? Yeah, like, I like when people bring me a problem and they're like, this dog is crazy and it's an issue. And then I'm literally like, the dog is getting everything out of this behavior. Yeah. And they're like, well, I don't understand why I would keep doing this because this is, this is not great for me. And I'm like, but it's great for it. It's so, having fun. Yeah. Um. So what is a self-rewarding behavior? So a self-rewarding behavior is behavior that the dog does that the dog would find inherently rewarding To the point that it may find it more rewarding than something that you've created value in. So, something like barking at the window, I mean, that's barking is a super self-rewarding behavior in itself because it can relieve stress, it can be an outlet for excitement, it can be a lot of things. And then people get into a situation where in its early stages, the barking is the self-rewarding part, but then it doesn't just go become a self-rewarding thing, it becomes a habit and it becomes a coping mechanism. And that little bit of self-rewarding behavior can actually turn into a really, really big thing. But people go, well, my dog is continuously barking and it seems stressed. And I'm like, yes, but that is the rewarding part for the dog. That's the part the dog enjoys. That's the part that the dog is using to cope with stuff. That is that is the dog's entire life wrapped up in one action. And they're like, but I can't just call my dog off. And I'm like, that is also. But I don't like it. Yeah, but I don't like it. And I'm like, okay, but the dog does. Right. And here we have a perspective problem. Perspective from the owner, not from the dog. You looked at me like you were questioning things. And I was like, did another thought just come in or are we No, just processing. I'm processing all the things that are self-rewarding for dogs. Yeah, which like there's so much. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people think self-rewarding behaviors are only the behaviors that it's stuff like the dog breaks out of a crate. Like, that's a really obvious one. The dog learns how to break out of a crate, and the reward is freedom. So the behavior creates this big reward, and they go, cool, the freedom is the reward. And I'm like, no, no. It's like if, if a dog chews a baseboard, the chewing is the rewarding part. There doesn't have to be an after action. There doesn't have to be another component. The behavior itself can be something the dog enjoys. Dogs enjoy barking and chewing and running and jumping the things. Yeah. And like, I think it's also dogs aren't robots. So it's not like when you put them away or you're not paying attention to them, they just turn off. They just go to sleep. I mean, like sometimes they go to sleep, but like, right, like they don't just turn off. And so it's like in those moments, they're going to find, they're always just making choices and then they find things that they like doing. Mm -hmm. They find rewarding. So why wouldn't they do it? If you're a dog and you've got nothing to do. you give them the independence and freedom and no like actual focused outlet and they come up with their own thing. Yeah, it's probably self-rewarding because they chose to do it. They're always bored. Dogs are always just bored, right? So then it's just like, if I'm a dog and I'm bored, well, I'm going to find something to do. Okay. And then I found something to do. Okay. Actually, this is fun to me. You can't turn around and be like, oh no, it's not fun. No, it's fun. You have to give me other options. You either have to explain why I can't do it. You have to give me something else to do. You can't just say, no, that's not fun because that doesn't work because it Mm -hmm. is fun for them. Mm -hmm. And as much as like we look at it as like, well, when I come in the house and my dog jumps up on me, I don't like that because that I don't like that and I would like if I came in the house and they were sitting. Those are your two options that you look out of that situation. Either you walk in the house and they're sitting or they jump up on you and one's very good to you and one's very bad. But to them, they're both fine. Jumping up on you, super fun. Sitting and maybe getting a treat, super fun. So then when you're looking at it, like for them, it's not a very clear choice between fun and not. For them, it's like, oh, should I? Which one should I do? More fun and slightly less fun. Right. Okay. Sure. Flip a coin. Yeah. Yeah, I think people kind of get caught up in also their perspective on it. They're like, well, this is bad behavior. Right. And I'm like, but it's It's not not bad to the dog. And it's probably not even bad behavior. It's probably just a natural dog behavior. It's like jumping and digging and chewing. And all of that is just natural dog behavior. And when dogs don't have the freedom and the space to do those things, because maybe they're an apartment dog, they don't get to dig, they don't get to run free. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with apartment dogs when people give them outlets, but when people don't give them outlets, those behaviors are still going to come out. They just have to come out somewhere. So they're going to come out probably in a way that you don't love, but the dog is going to be super fulfilled doing it, which is why it's a super hard behavior to stop. They trained themselves. Yeah. But this is where like structure comes in and some management because a lot of these behaviors show up as teenagers when they're super bored Mm -hmm. and... They're looking for something to do. They're and it's not just they're bored. super bored, but it's also like they're teenagers, so they're a bit bigger, so we give them that freedom. Yeah. Oh, my God. The first... Most people start giving their dog massive amounts of freedom at like six to eight months, and they, they become they a teenager at six to eight months. I'm like, this is when they they're They don't look like your choices. sweet baby angel puppy that came home at 16 weeks. So you're like, well, you must be a fully developed adult ready to make choices in a free world. Yeah. <laughs> no, but okay. <laughs> oh, you're going to lose some baseboards. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where, like, if you have the ability to prevent the dog from making that choice in the first place, you have the ability to prevent the dog from finding out that that is a super fun behavior. So I say all the times that dogs don't know what they can do until they do it. So they don't know that chewing baseboards is an option. And they don't know that chewing baseboards is as much fun as chewing a bone until they have the freedom 
to choose to chew baseboards. And if they, that they never have the freedom to choose, I'm going to pick the baseboard over the bone, then they will never learn that, oh, hey, the baseboard is just as much fun. If you only give them things they can chew, then they learn these are the fun things to chew. If they are allowed to chew everything, they learn chewing is the fun thing to do. Well, chewing is can inherently self-rewarding. <laughs> Bam, now you have a dog that self-rewards on a behavior that can be done on literally anything. All because you just gave them a lot of freedom and then they went, wow, I found out how fun this is. If they don't know how fun that is, they won't do it by the time they're, you know, an actual adult. It's not going to occur to them as an actual adult to be like, oh, maybe I should try this new thing. They are fully developed. I try nothing now. Fuck no. I sit in my house and I go, I never want to try anything again. (laughs) Anything disrupts my routine. I have to go to bed later than an hour past my bedtime. I assume the whole world has collapsed. Like, once you're an adult, you do what you are experienced doing. You don't try a shit ton of new things all the time. But when people give their dogs the most freedom, tends to be six to eight months. Mm -hmm. And then four months later, they have a problem. Oh, no. A big problem. Because they go, wow. Wow, my dog learned a lot really, really quickly. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah. Super fun. Dear God. Yeah, what else? So self-rewarding behaviors. Definitely like chewing is one. Barking can be one. And not just barking at other dogs like through on a leash or barking at the window. But I don't know if people Fence. understand why those are self-rewarding. Because one can be inherently self-rewarding because it's it can be a stress reliever and it can be an outlet for excitement. But the other thing that like barking in a case like leash reactivity does is as soon as that dog barks, maybe the other dog backs up. Yep. If a dog is super, super barky and it's fearful of humans, well, as soon as it starts barking, it learns, oh my God, that's how I back people up. So it is creating its own space, super self-rewarding. Like, same thing of like fence fighting in the backyard, like oh running God, up and down fighting. the fence and like barking and like just losing our mind. Fence fighting is so wildly self-rewarding because it's everything. It's running. They're having a blast. It's interaction. It's barking. <sighs> It's it's an outlet for drive. And oh, fence fighting is everything and like, a dog loves. To me, like the barking for like the fence fighting or like the big picture window or those ones, though typically like and I know you've brought it up before of just like that can be their only exciting thing they get to do. Mm-hmm. Like and if you're super again back to if they're always bored. And if the only thing though is really exciting is running up and down your fence and like barking at every person that walks by, well yeah, they're gonna do that because that's mm-hmm. an exciting game they get to play every day. Mm-hmm. And if it's doing nothing, sitting in the yard doing nothing and never doing anything versus playing their fun game well guess what they're gonna take their fun game Mm -hmm. like and the other thing is if they only have one option like the only thing the dog does is go in the backyard and with going in the backyard the dog can fence fight if the only big outlet is fence fighting not only is that incredibly self-rewarding but it becomes obsessional you see this with dogs a lot um playing fetch so yeah. they don't get walked because they're reactive. They don't do whatever. They don't get the only thing in their life that they are super suit that they actually can use to get tired that is exciting, that is fun for them from their perspective is like frisbee or ball or whatever. A lot of times if it's ball, it's also not like a structured game. It's literally Go. here's the ball Go. throw. Here's Go. the ball throw. Go. Yeah. So you see these dogs that are ball obsessed and it's not proper ball drive. It starts as ball drive where yes. the dog is just excited to work for the Motivated, ball, yeah. but it, 
there's a very, to me, big difference in the workability of ball drive and the workability of ball obsession. A lot of dogs that have ball obsession that have created this man-made canine compulsive disorder situation about the ball, that's not actually a super workable drive once you remove the obsessive Right, that's just crazy. Yeah, that's just crazy all in one object. Once you get a lot of the crazy down, the dog still typically does have, like, have the ball drive it started with, but it's not as workable and as, um, like, moldable in other situations if it's this obsession. So if you have a dog with natural ball drive, I find you can use, like, the ball to create a large amount of behaviors and you can use the ball in a lot of different ways but if the dog has a little bit of ball drive but then the person has accidentally made obsession with the ball you can still use it as a motivator but i find it kind of a self-limiting motivator because you can't use it in as many ways because the dog literally just has such an obsession with the the way that game is played as well which is kind of unfortunate because you're taking something that could have been a good motivator that you could have built drive in and you accidentally built obsession, which is drive's unfortunate Less shitty useful. cousin. Yeah. I'm going to use that, I think. I like that. Because <laughs> there's lots of dogs that come in with like low grade obsession. Yeah. And their owner's just like, this, well, this is how I exercise them. And I'm like, cool, that's the only exciting thing that they've right. done for three years. Okay. We're going to have to unwind this a bit. The jumping. My dog's only jumped at me when I've come in for three years. And every single time I walk in the door, wow, jumping. Right. I'm like, that is the best part of its day. And it's also like you have to pat, like at that point you pattern it so much. And it all, like all they know is what they've patterned every single day. Oh, for sure. So like if they've only patterned, you come in the house and they lose their mind and jump up on you. But you, we've done nothing to change that picture. Why would they all of a sudden stop doing it? Because it's fun for them and we don't know anything else. And that's the other part is like, yes, it's a self-rewarding behavior. So they're going to choose to do something self-rewarding, especially if you don't ever, if you've never taught them another rewarding behavior. But they've self-rewarded for two years and then you try and be like, oh, hey, this behavior is rewarding too. I'm like, okay. Yeah, this behavior is rewarding and it has rewarded me four times in my whole last life. That behavior has rewarded me for a thousand times, is inherently self-rewarding and is phenomenal. I'm going to choose that. And like, I think people, because sometimes with the self-rewarding, those are the ones that are typically we get very like fed up with or annoyed yeah. with like because it's the very noisy ones it's the one that okay all of a sudden we started having guests over now we're jumping over on the guests and that's annoying mm-hmm. like those are the ones that typically are annoying us but those are also the ones that you're gonna have to take some it's gonna take time to get what you actually want out of it because yeah. now again it's patterned it's very self-rewarding so then it's like those are ones that i find t- people are like well i've done it for a week now like i've changed whatever i needed to change i did it for a week though but they still do it or yeah. it's really hard for them well, yeah, they just did it for three years and they had a wicked good time doing it for three years. Yeah. What do you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like. Oh, and then we also have like when a dog has a super, super self-rewarding behavior that it's done for three years and we've practiced a different behavior for a week, but we want to change nothing else. Right. So we don't want to change any other part of this dog's life. We don't want to provide it with other outlets. We don't want to do anything else, but we don't like this one behavior that also happens to be extremely self-rewarding. And we just want to remove that aspect. And I'm like, you have a dog. Yeah. You have a living thing. Not yeah. how it works. That is not how it works. I'm like, very, very sorry. 
It's it's not a game of operation where we just take out one bone and then go, ooh, we're Woo, done. We're done. No. no. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild when people talk about... I talked about competing motivators on TikTok at one point, and, like, this is a similar thing that is super, super prevalent. Yes. Like, people don't know how... What the word is. They're like, but he just really likes jumping. And I'm like, yes, because he's creating his own payment yeah if you won't pay him for stuff and you didn't pay him for stuff between like when you got the dog in the first year of life if you didn't pay him for all the behaviors you liked pretty continuously he did get payment from all the things you didn't like because the only reason he was doing them was because he liked them and like yeah we get it that you don't like it we get it that as a human Mm -hmm. like that option sucks and we see that as an owner and we're like well i don't like that but again, they don't. Yeah. They're not looking at this as like, they're not doing it to be like, oh, screw you. I'm, I, I'm yeah. doing it because I hate, they're not doing it out of spite. Yes. Like, so many so, people are like, yeah, my dog door dashes at this and my dog jumps at this to try and d- dominate me and do this. Right. And I'm like, no, your dog isn't, they're opportunistic predators. Your dog yes. was given an opportunity and shockingly, I know this is going to be like a wild loop here, took the opportunity you gave it. What? And ran with that shit. And just did a lot better at it than you thought like, they would. Uh-huh. Like, like they're not doing things like, to spite you. Yeah, you, you, you're you very motivated by spite. Us as humans yes. can be very motivated by oh, spite to get shit done. Oh, I am almost solely motivated by spite. Right. And that's fine. But, like, dogs aren't. No. They're not, like, oh, I'm, di- they're not, like, digging a hole in your backyard and, like, flipping you off and being, like, fuck you, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. They're doing it because they're, like, wow, digging's fun. Like, it's so great. What if there's a something in there? Like, right? So, it's just, like, when you, if you look at it as, yes, they're screwing you over, well, then, yeah, I could see your frustration and I could see that, like, uh, it's annoying. But if you look at it as, like, oh, they're having fun, I just need to show them that, like, I don't like that version of fun and here I can provide a better version yeah. of fun. And the the other thing that I find that people do with self-rewarding behaviors is when they go to try and stop it, that is the end of all fun. So, like, yeah. the catch me if you can, dog. So you're running around. You, you're trying to leave, God help you, the dog park. You're trying to leave wherever <laughs> your dog is loose. And you want your dog to come. So And they're like, no, 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 that means we leave. So they do the catch me if you can thing. Well, as soon as you catch them, they know the fun is over. So not only is it self-rewarding for them to run around and play catch me if you can, but they're right. they know that there is a consequence to them losing. Yeah. So they're going to play the game a lot better. The dogs with the jumping and stuff, as soon as you're like, no, 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 don't jump. Well, a lot of people will just immediately take the dog and either put the dog away or correct the dog right there. And I'm like, okay, no, no. If the dog knows, hey, you're going to catch me. Hey, you're going to correct me. And then the fun will absolutely be over. Yeah, it's going to be more motivated to do that behavior harder, better, faster so they can get all the fun in because losing has a consequence. If I I had somebody that was just their dog would run from them in the house, kind of play a catch me if you can thing. But it was for something weird. And I remember just being like, okay, just put a drag line on the dog. Like just just have the dog drag a leash. And like if the dog does go, hey, I'm going to leave, you can just step on the drag line and then you can play training. And then they can leave. Literally within the week, the dog would just like chill out and be like, yeah. okay, I'm. it doesn't matter. They can leave. You can come. It doesn't matter. There was no more catch me if you can. I think it was, I think it was like to go in the kennel, but it was because like a, a cleaner was coming or something. And I literally was like, 
just just put a drag on the the dog was in no way doing it for massive fear or excitement or anything it was just going eh, i don't, don't want to i know that i'm gonna get put away when this happens so i'm just gonna go and i was like okay but what if when this happens yes you can't run away but we then play training, we play sit, we play food. It's a good time. We go in the kennel, come out of the kennel, in the kennel, come out of the kennel. Then the dog stays out for five minutes with you on a drag line. Then the dog goes in. Yeah. Well, shit. And it, that was a super low-grade self-rewarding behavior in a dog that really wasn't that, like, psyched about it. It was just doing what it had the opportunity to do. It was not doing anything for any crazy reason. It was not doing it out of spite. It was not doing it... A, I think they were trying to tell me it was, like, fear of something. And I was like... Honestly, just think that maybe your dog just doesn't knows what's about doesn't to happen. feel like doing that at that moment because it does it every other time you ask it to do it, but it's patterned this specific yeah. one. So maybe we just make it like more fun for it. And it was like seven days, and they're like, "Wow, okay, yeah, wow, that that makes sense." I'm like, "Yeah, it's just a it's a very easy self rewarding behavior, and then you have to make something else rewarding." Right, and I think that's where. Like, we don't want to just manage or say no, but, like, no. you can you can use those kind of things of, like, having them start on plates or in a crate if people are coming over and they get very excited. Having those things, like, yes. to manage the beginning, but then also teaching them what you do want and yes. teaching them what is an acceptable and rewardable behavior that so you can So many people are so willing to correct a behavior and just say, no, don't do that, and then never think that they have to teach the dog what to do right. in the first place. First off, you shouldn't they you can't correct a behavior until they know what they should be doing instead so you have to teach them all the other options first yeah. then then we can if explain. you then if you manage your situation properly you probably are never gonna have to correct them because you're setting them up to make a choice that is the right choice because now they know five other rewardable behaviors if they are doing something dangerous and you do have to correct them as soon as you do correct them if they have those five choices in their head that are like oh Okay, well, this one well, isn't rewarding me anymore, one. but I do know five others. Should I try one of these? And as soon as they try one, you're like, yes. fuck yeah, it rains hot dogs. Yeah. They're like, oh. All of a sudden, we put that shit together real fast. But people are so willing to walk in and be like, wow, this has frustrated me for years, but I just didn't care enough to deal with it. But now it's like actually a problem for xyz reason so i just want to like super correct my dog and have them not do this and i'm like well what do you want them to do instead and they're like i don't well i don't know but i don't want right. them to do this i'm like I, okay we need to think a little further here because if you don't know what you want them to do they don't know what you yeah want and them i'm like do. here's the thing right now they're making a choice that slightly pisses you off maybe they're jumping yeah. that's fun if you stop them from jumping but you have not taught them what else they should do that could be rewarding you know what they could choose biting <laughs> They could choose digging. They could choose running out the door. They could choose another there's a lot behavior. Of choices act, there's in so life. many choices that things in, of things that dogs find self rewarding, and people are like, "Well, I stopped them from doing this by, you know, being super hardcore," and then they turned around. They made this horrible choice, and I'm like, "Yeah, you didn't teach them a good one." Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, bro, that's on you. Yeah, it's self rewarding behaviors are slightly. They're slightly complicated just because people aren't used to thinking from the dog's perspective and they're not used to thinking ahead, like to, to try and think around the problem. They just want to kind of react to the problem. But self-rewarding behaviors are, there's so many issues in dog training that are just, just self-rewarding behaviors that are blown out of proportion. Right. It's a fun time. And most of them are impulse control based. 
because dogs do not find impulse control inherently self-rewarding at all, which is no. why we spend so much time focusing on it. Why would we think about our situation? If we have a fun I never choice, think about my situation. And it's quick to get to our fun choice. Why not? Yeah. Why not, bro? I instantly do that. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. I should do that instead. Of what? Anything. Thinking? No. Oh. No, the thinking isn't self-rewarding, no, so I just No, yeah, 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 you're just, no, I'm saying like instead of thinking you just want to go crazy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I frequently do. Let me know how that works out. I've seen how it works out sometimes. You've seen me run this business for two years. Mm -hmm. I don't think. Mm -hmm. I just go, well, we'll see how this plays out. There's some level of impulse control. We just can't take away all of it. Yeah. That would be... That would be bad. No bueno. No bueno at all. (laughs) Oh, that would be so fun. But yeah, I think if people had a better understanding of self-rewarding behaviors and what is a self-rewarding behavior, it doesn't have to have an external reward. It doesn't have to have freedom. It doesn't have to have, well, my dog jumped on the counter and stole the chicken. Right. Yeah. Even if there is a chicken there, jumping on the counter could just be fun inherently because jumping is fun. Like, I think everybody thinks there just has to be that second big reward. And I'm like... A cupcake right there for them. And it's like, it's okay. Yeah. They're getting lots out of life all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And dogs, and the other thing that people don't understand is like, they're like, well, I have one dog that does this and I have one dog that doesn't, but I have one dog that is motivated by this and I have one dog that isn't. And I'm like, the thing you have to understand is not all dogs are motivated the same. Mm -hmm. A husky will find anything that involves movement self-rewarding. Anything. It will do anything involving movement and be like, fuck yeah, that was a great day. It's the difference between, like, you run for fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's hilarious and wonderful. <laughs> you run for fun because you're like, wow, this is self-rewarding. This is great. I run because I fear death. I run because I that's have true. to do pack walk and I am scared that I'm going to stand in front of 25 clients and have a heart attack. That is the only reason. <laughs> there is zero part of me that does that for self-reward, but there is a lot of you that does that for self-reward. Yeah. But if you said, hey, Steph, I will pay you to do this, I'd be like, listen. If I put a can of Monster just like on a Oh, man, you'd see, I'd become a cross-country runner. It'd be great. Perfect. Yeah. If you, or or the biggest reward, if you want to do this to prove to someone. I was going to say, you actually, we'd just fuel by spite. Yes. We'd say someone I know exactly what motivates me. I'm not at all. We know what motivates you at this point, too. Oh, yeah. We're past, we're past. Oh, yeah. Positive. Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, if you put a monster, I'll run It'll to get the end done. to get it, but if you tell me you do this every day and it will prove someone wrong, yes. fuck, I'm gonna do two-a-days for a month. I was gonna say, it's like, it's the difference between, like, it'll get done in a week if we're working with positive, it'll get done in a day Yeah, if we're, if, working, if with we're spite. working just from spite. Yeah, I'm, um, I know exactly what motivates me, and I'm like, well, and that's okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm totally. It's important to know what. It's important to know what the motivator is and it's important to know how to leverage it because that could go another way. That could make me a giant douchebag. And I try not to do that a lot, but you can use it positively as well. You can can take a motivator that may inherently be not great, something like digging, something like chasing prey, and you can turn it around and make it the reward for behaviors. You can turn it around and go, hey, I do that a lot with Huskies because I, I leverage freedom. Yeah. Your self-reward. I take the self-rewarding behavior that you love to do anyway. And I don't go, hey, you can't do this. I go, listen. All right. I know who you are. I get it. You can do this in these circumstances. 
as long as you follow these rules. And you know what? All of them are like, fair enough. Yep. Sounds good. We'll do. I completely agree. And I'm like, same. Awesome. So yeah, that's where I think if people had a good understanding of self reward and what is rewarding to their dog and what actually motivates their dog versus what they think motivates their dog or what they think should motivate their right, dog. Right, that one. So many people are like, but my dog doesn't like food. First off, your dog is 15 pounds overweight. Second off, not all dogs are super motivated by food. Yep. Like, it's okay. You can, you can, your dog can be motivated by other things. Or like pets. Yeah. Some people think their dog like loves pets or like will work for pets, but it's yeah. like, no. No. That's okay. I have two dogs that love pets and all the others are like, that's cute. Stop touching me. Like, and they're my dogs. They love to be near me and in contact with me, but that doesn't mean they want to be mauled by even me, much right. less God help them a stranger. Right. So, yeah, I think people need to understand what a self-rewarding behavior is. They need to understand what is motivating that behavior and therefore what is motivating their dog. And then they also need to make a plan that goes, okay, hey, how can I take the dog and make another behavior self-rewarding? That's the key is if you can teach the dog that the behavior you want is self-rewarding to them, mm -hmm. damn. That's why I like um, search dogs that they find when they're, when they're competing and they're doing scent work, they find the act of searching super rewarding. They don't care about the end game. They want to find the thing, but they like just looking for the thing. That's the perfect dog for that sport because they find the action of it super rewarding and it's a super hard tiring thing right like yeah. scent work is super super hard for dogs so if you have a dog that isn't going to be super motivated by the end reward ha and you're asking them to do this ridiculously hard thing that is going to exhaust them they're going to tap out after 30 seconds and be like go find it yourself but if you have a dog that just inherently they're like yeah yeah i love that at the end of the game i get a second paycheck i get i get food so but the bonus. first paycheck is you let me play the game. Yeah. You let me play the search game. We have a dog like that in one of our scent classes right now. Just yeah. the act of searching. This dog is like, this is the best fucking day ever. Finding and I'm it. like, Woo. yeah, you could you could 100% compete at high levels with that dog because the dog finds just doing the thing rewarding. Yeah, We see that a lot in bite work. Like dogs that are doing protection sports inherently find the nature of the work incredibly rewarding. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't do it. It's incredibly tiring. It's super hard. It can be super precise and require a lot out of the dog. If they didn't think that that reward was worth it, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do, do it. it. But yeah, self-reward is all about leveraging motivators. Yep. People kind of suck at knowing Doing how that. to motivate their dog. Yeah. Like so much. It's okay. You'll get better. Or you won't, and then you should hire a trainer. I was going to say, yeah. Either way. I don't know. That's all I have to say on self-rewarding behaviors. Yeah. Do you have anything to say on self-rewarding behaviors? No. You said things. I said, I said things. things. Yeah. I think we covered it. Yeah. This was more of just like a long, wordy rant on self-rewarding. I like how I'm pretty sure you've finished several episodes by saying this has just been like a rant. And it's like, are you confused as to what we're doing here? Is that all podcasts are? Well, like, what do you expect it to be? Because it's not an interview because we're not interviewing each other. Yeah, it's not like it's a conversation. But like typically 
Like, why are I, so many? Okay, so if podcasts are just conversations, why are so many of my conversations just rants? I feel like a large majority of my conversations then are just ranting. Because rant, like, I feel is like that's just rant, my base state? Yes. Oh. A rant, wow. I feel like, is just a conversation with more oomph behind it. Okay. You know? Well, I don't like to do things without oomph, so that kind of makes well, sense. Well, like, and I feel like if you're talking about something you're passionate about or talking about something you have feelings about, it's going to turn more rant-like, but mm. that's what kind of teaching and, like, lecture, like, you know? Well, yeah, and I know that's what teaching and lecturing is. I just, I didn't know that was podcasts. That's what this podcast is. Well, yeah, now And at is. this point, like, I feel like you have ended quite a few being like, oh, that was just a rant. And I'm like, yeah? What did well, you come here to do? I don't know. You said start a podcast. I bought shit. I sat in this chair and you guys said, okay, talk. And I cool. was like, well, what else do I Yeah, but with? here's the thing. Do you ever really just like talk? No. No. Oh, yeah. No, if I'm not talking about dogs, I don't really have anything to say. No, no. I just mean like even if you're talking about dogs, it's not really like a low level chit chat. It's more more leans towards that like ranting. Well, because I'm not going to say things. anything unless it's worth saying. Right. <laughs> Do people just talk about dogs aimlessly? Yes. Why? And I can't say that we're not not doing that sometimes, but we just do it with Are those the conversations confidence? that I just like walk out of? Yes. Oh. I just get bored and I leave. I'm like, there doesn't seem to be a point here. This we're all just rewarding. talking about things we know. Right. But sometimes there are things that... The other thing is you seem to have an understanding... <laughs> so like confused. Your base understanding of what dog knowledge is is, I feel like, a little different than others yeah but you've worked here for like two years you know everything i know now oh that's an interesting take on things i just i'm all, i don't know I'm you just, think you jammed everything in two years into me dude i talk a lot yeah i know but you think you've you've jammed sure okay interesting i mean don't get bit yep don't that be a one. dick knew that one always tell people why Knew that one. See? Wow. <laughs> that, that, and just just so we're clear for anyone listening, that actually does cover like a most of my teaching strategy yeah. for people that I've hired here. Yeah. First rule of everything. Don't be a dick. I would say it's actually. Or don't no, get don't bit. get bit. I was like, rule number yeah, one, first don't rule get of bit. everything is if you go to work here, you don't get bit. If you get weird vibes... Don't get bit. You call somebody else. Yeah. And you, that is me. You don't get bit. Somebody else. Anyone's going to get bit, it's going to be me. Yeah. Don't get bit. And there's a reason I don't get bit. What's the reason? Because I can de-escalate a situation. I just hate when people are like, oh, well, I thought I'd try it anyway because that's how you learn. And I'm like, you should probably watch someone because chances are if that's how you've learned, you've seen someone go take a dog that has weird sketch vibes or buddy vibes and they've done the wrong thing and gotten bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, so you can learn from that, but you can also learn, like, how to properly de-escalate a situation. Yeah. And if you're getting weird vibes and you don't know how to de-escalate that, it's not do you know how to handle that. If you get weird vibes, it's not about how do I do this without getting bit. It goes, how do I change the situation so, so the bad vibes Biting's leave? off the table. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. how do I make the vibes better versus how do I... Very, very few situations do you need to be in where you're like, how do I do this without getting bit? Like, it has to happen and it has to happen now. That's very rare. Maybe, like, in the vet world, it'd be less rare. But, like, if you're in a training 
team or a training facility and you are specifically especially focused on behavior and you've taken all your precautions properly you're very rarely going to be in a situation where you're like all right wow this is now an immediate emergency how do i handle this without getting bit you kind of go into it going there will be situations where the vibes will be bad how do i then de-escalate that and change the vibes and then work from there not how do i do this safely yeah you should know how to do that safely long before you are in that situation or have seen it done several times. And that's one of the things that really pisses me off about the dog industry right now is that a lot of people are just doing things with bad vibes going, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna do this where I don't get bit because my handling is great. And I'm right. like, okay, cool. You're really great at straight arming a dog. Congratulations. What happens what when that dog goes to, to someone do, who can't Yeah, th- this wasn't it. an emergent situation. You yeah. did not need to do that. You could have taken the time to de-escalate that. But the problem is no one knows how to de-escalate it. They're not taking the time to learn to de-escalate at the same rate that they're learning how to increase their handling skills. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you want to work in behavior, I hope you learn to do both. Well, and especially like you, you should have great handling skills, but if you're if you're working in the part of the world industry which is like teaching owners and teaching other mm-hmm. like they're not gonna have the handling skills no so you your approach can't just be hey just handle the dog really well no because they can't so yeah. then you might not get bit but it will get bit certainly will. so yeah so yeah the first rule here is always don't get bit Love the it. second rule is yeah don't be a dick and then the third one is like well, don't be a dick unreasonably. There we go. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that feels a little not. Oh, yeah. Me. I am definitely a dick when it's reasonable. 100%. Yeah. I And I actively, actually, <laughs> as much as I'm like, one of my main things is like, don't be a dick to anybody else. One of my other things is also absolutely stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really big on not being a doormat. Yeah. I'm a- I actively have told you guys to just be like then just then just no absolutely not and then yeah the third one is always tell people why because if you can't tell someone why you're doing it if you can't tell a client why you're doing it or you can't tell me or anyone else that you yeah. why you're doing something then why the fuck are you doing it this is why i don't understand why people are just having conversations randomly i'm like then why like what are you what are you right. learning out of this right you're just like existing with other people why uh socializing i believe is the word <laughs> Okay. That seems weird. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I'm just saying, like, it's a thing. What do you know? You were a homeschool kid. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That seems weird. Okay, well, that was fun. Do you have a Pacwa question now that we've ranted about my, my unfortunate training policy here? What was the last documentary you watched? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? I don't. What? I don't know. Probably something on Netflix. When was the last time I watched anything, Sienna? I don't know. I I watched something on Netflix. What was the last thing? I remember... I don't know. I'm thinking on this. What was the last thing you watched? Well, I'm currently watching... I can't tell you. Never mind. Uh Uh-oh. What are you watching? I'm watching... I wouldn't say it's a documentary, but that's what I'm classifying it as on youtube it's all about the history of um like the fast pass and cues at disney world (laughs) okay actually youtube i watched a seven minute um history on the economics of crocs the other day ah isn't that fun 
Yeah, I was super psyched. Was it like the for rise those of and you fall? that don't know, Crocs are the shit. Well, I love them. I know, I know, Vessies, Crocs. Both amazing options. Both amazing options. Okay, I will say, now that you you managed to convince me to get Vessies, <laughs> I now have Vessies, I will say... What's your opinion? So far, I'm pretty psyched. So yes. far, these are awesome. I'm a very big fan. I have those boot ones. Have you poured a mug of water on them? I have not poured a mug of water on them, but I did jump in a puddle. Oh, and I was that'll like, do. That was fun. Um, I will say those ones feel like I'm wearing socks. The boot style? The boot one. I don't have the boot style. Oh. They... I don't think I'd like the boot style. I mean, I probably I love don't... them. And if Vessi wants to send them, I will 100% wear them. But... How many... Okay, question. How many mm-hmm. pairs of Vessies do you own? So for those that don't know, okay, since the time I hired you, what, February 2020? I think so, yeah. February 2020. This girl has been on the Vessi train since then and has convinced pretty much everyone that works here to own Vessies and is just like wildly into them. But how many pairs do you actually own? Guess what I did. (laughs) Oh my God, you bought more. (laughs) I bought another pair last night. (laughs) I'm not shocked. Like no part of me is shocked because I saw the 30% sale and I went... I saw the 30% sale, and you know why I did it also? is because, like, I just, there was no why. And I thought about it for, like, a solid 10 seconds, and I went, should I? And then I was already filling out my PayPal, and I was like, I'm t- done. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think you've managed to convince everyone here. And my go-to thing used to be good dog trainers wear Crocs. And I will maintain that. Most good dog trainers still have at Most. least a couple set of Crocs. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to convince you to try Crocs. I, but yeah. it took you two years and you've now convinced me to have Vessies. And I have two pairs of Vessies. And I will say I very much like, because these are kind of like the skate shoe ones because I yeah. used to wear skate shoes all the time. I really like these ones. Yeah. Even though they don't have a tongue. Yeah. And that weirded me out for the first three days. And now I'm like, sweet, You're I'm done. fine with it. Yeah, you get And I will say these boot ones... I like them, but it weirdly feels like I'm wearing socks because they're kind yeah, of... Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but I will say you it's been two years and now you've convinced me to get Vessies, so I need to convince you to get Crocs. This should be the standard training uniform for all dog trainers is Crocs because they are super, super easy to disinfect. Okay. And also they're awesome to stand in forever. And then Vessies for anything outside. Crocs for anything inside, Vessies for anything outside. Okay, I'll, I'll stand right? by that. So you were counting on your fingers while I did this. Yeah. How many? How many? How many varieties do you own? I think eight. Eight? Yes. I think I own eight I pairs think... of shoes total. But like, they're the only shoes I wear. Yes, I will say I think I've seen you in non-vessies like four times. There's like four days in the winter that I will wear winter boots. Yes. And then every other day I'm wearing vessies, and like I've walked holes into my vessies because it's like I don't, yeah. and I walk a lot, and I do a lot, and like vessies though. Yeah. So I. Do when you, because you run. I don't run in them. I was going to say, do you use them as actual running shoes? No, no? I don't run them. I, no. Because, no. no. But that seems like they would be kind of hard on them. Yeah. But like, most dog walkers, I think, are decently into them. You oh, yeah. guys, like, we do a lot of walking. Yeah. Like, we do a lot of walking. We just, we're not in town for it. Because this is a fairly physical job. Yeah. And I will say, like, you have, yeah, you've walked 
7,000 things in those. Now Michaela walks everywhere in them. Like, yeah, yeah, there's, I see a lot of people walking in them a lot, but I've never seen anyone use them for like training for running. Yeah, no, I don't think, and I don't think that's what they want. Like, I've never seen them advertise for that and I would never run in them because I think, yeah, my feet, I already get bad shin splints. I need special shoes for running, but. Yeah, I have to have, I have one company that I wear when I do run because I used to have to run. And when I did, I got my feet broken a little bit once and now i only wear one yeah. type of shoe and a, a running guy told me or a physio guy i forget who it was but he told me what i had to have on the bottom of the shoe yeah. in order for me to probably have, be okay i have very flat feet oh yeah yeah wide and flat like a duck but can you swim like a duck yeah there you go you're good <laughs> there you go that is so many yeah. Well, I own two now, and I I will say I will give you this. It took two years, but now that I own them, I'm like okay. I am considering buying a pair for my mom. Yes. Yeah. You should do it. I kind of yeah. Then they they still have the thirty percent. So yes, they do till May thirty first. Wow. I love that you legitimately know when all this stuff is, Nims. I'm a VIP. Oh my god. If you ever leave here, I hope you apply to straight up just to Vessi and be like, listen, I've convinced everyone I've ever met. You're you basically like hi. My name is Sienna. Have you ever worn Vessies? <laughs> it's literally. Like, I've seen you tell clients Vessies are great. I've told like, clients. I've told my server. Like if I'm if I'm at a restaurant, I've told server. Like because people um, sometimes will look and be like, "Oh, are those them?" And they don't know the can of worms they're open. Oh yeah. When, when they just go like, "Oh, are those those waterproof?" Like I've seen those on TikTok. <laughs> yes, they are. Which style you want? Everyday active move. Weekend Chelsea boots. Which one do you want? I know what size I am, men and women's. Yeah. This is the funny thing is like, you're not, I've seen you do this. I know, but I'm just like, if anybody, you're like, you're like, I, I've seen you do this here. I can also like, I've never seen you do it in a restaurant, but like, I can definitely picture. She asked. Yes. A hundred percent. Someone asking you and you just like a random person on the street. I mean, be like, oh, hey, I can see you being like, here's a full conversation you know, I have the video, and Vessi, if you're listening, you can use this as an ad. I have the video of, like, the Snapchat memory of the very first day I got the my first pair. I put them on. I ran outside with a cup of water, and I just... <laughs> and I remember, like, I flipped the camera, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, wow. And then... And Vessi girl ever since. Yeah. Lexi's, my sister's, because I told her last night I bought another pair. Of Obby. course you did. Obby. And she's just like, yeah, you do you. And I'm just like, I'm just a Vessi girl now. You know, I can't yes. not buy them. And then she yes. goes, well, I don't think you should use that as a reasoning. And I'm like, no, it's I'm stuck. I'm sucked for life. Like, yes. I'm a Vessi girl. Yeah. You've 100%, you've come to terms with it. You're okay with it. You're running with I'm it. I'm a fan of it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, um, okay. This took a turn from documentaries, but lovely. Yeah. Wonderful. Worth it. Well, worth it. Yeah. We could write a documentary on Vessies. I think Vessies too new. How old are Vessies? Like the company? <sighs> it's very new. Well, not yeah. very new, but I want to say five years. Yeah. They aren't, they don't allow you to buy stocks. They're not a public company. Oh my company. God, you 100% would have bought stocks. I have looked into this. They're not a public <laughs> company. <laughs> the day I got into my stock trading app kind of thing. Yeah. I was like searching. I searched Vetsy. No, no. Vetsy. Oh and then I ended up Googling it and being like, why can't I buy stocks in Vetsy? And then they were and like, that's when you learn the difference all... between a public and a private company? Yes! Vetsy <laughs> <laughs> has taught you so much. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Blessed. I love it. Okay, well, this was entertaining. I don't know. It might be entertaining. Again, we want to set the bar super low. So this we, was... This was... Ba- uh, oh, fuck. I almost did it 
Okay. This was Make It Weird. And we talked. And we talked. End of story. End it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.